Turn to Luke chapter 22. I've gone a very different direction with my sermon as I originally thought I was going to. After much praying and studying, I kept having this question come back to me as I studied several different passages over and over again. And uh, I landed here, this passage, and I truly believe that the Lord has something for us to learn here this morning. So turn to Luke 22. We're going to read verses 31 through 34. It says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day, before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the instruction that we can receive from it. We thank you that we have the faults. of those who have gone before us, recorded. Lord, we thank you for this passage. We pray that you would use it to strengthen us this morning, that you would work in our hearts. No doubt, Lord, your purpose this morning is that we be sanctified, that we have ears to hear, and that hearts would be strengthened convicted and drawn closer to you. So Lord, help us, help me, Lord, not to say anything that your passage, or this passage does not say, that your word does not say. I pray that you would use me and help direct my words. And Lord, we pray that you would be glorified in your church. In Christ's name I do pray, amen. What if I were to tell you that somebody told me that they are going to kill you? Think about that. Now, what if I told you that somebody told me that they are planning to kill not just you, but everybody in this church? Doesn't that make you feel a little uneasy? Adds a little uneasiness to the room, makes you feel a little uncomfortable. Probably the security team makes them feel a little uneasy. But 1 Peter 5.8 tells us that Satan walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The fact of the matter is this morning is that you are being hunted. You are being hunted by somebody who desires to rip you apart and devour you. He wants to devour you, but not just you. He wants to devour your family, your children, your wife, your testimony. He wants to destroy you. And so often we, as Christians, we live about, go about our lives without considering that we have this adversary, the devil, that is scheming, 
that is watching our every move, looking for our weaknesses. He is studying us as a lion studies its prey, looking for an opportunity to attack. And friends, it's only God's hand that protects you and I from Satan just coming and pouncing on top of us. It's only God's hand. It's like here we are standing right here and God's got His almighty hand over us, protecting us. But friends, the question this morning I have for you is, is what will happen to you if the Lord takes His hand away? When the Lord removes His almighty hand and allows Satan to come for you, what's going to happen? And we're going to see the Lord, you say, the Lord would never do that to one of His sheep. And that's somewhat of the thought that I was having as I was studying through different passages. But the fact of the matter is, the Lord will at times remove His hand and allow Satan to come after you. So we're going to look at this passage. We have an example of that in this passage. First thing that we're going to see in verse 31 is that we have a command from the Lord. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Now, if your mother or your father, when you were young, ever said your name twice, if they said, Nathan, Nathan, what would that do? I think you're going to pay attention. You know, the first time he says, your mother says, Nathan, you know, you're out doing something. She says, Nathan, I think you're going to look the second time. So the Lord tells Peter here, Peter, Peter. Now, he did this to Martha. Yeah, it was Martha. And he did it through many others throughout the Bible. And the point is, is to grab the person's attention. And here, the Lord is telling Peter, 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 pay attention. The next word we see is behold. Behold is translated from the Greek word, which I'm not going to try to pronounce I, had, I was able to pronounce it, but now I've forgotten, so I'm not going to try to pronounce it this morning. But it is an imperative word. It's an imperative command. It is a command to see, to set your eyes upon, to behold. It's also translated as low in several different passages in the Bible. So it's as if Peter, the Lord is telling Peter, 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 pay attention Peter, Peter, look at what I'm about to tell you. Behold this. See this. And there's an application for you and I here this morning. God's Word is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's living and it's speaking to us this morning. When we read God's Word, they're not just some words on a paper. They are His words. And when we read them, He's speaking to us. Matthew eleven fifteen says, He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Not that has proceeded, 
but that proceedeth. It's speaking to us this morning. And there's no doubt in my mind that the Lord has something in this passage for us to pay attention to. So the Lord's grabbing Peter's attention, and I believe the Lord wants to grab our attention. And we see the request, or Satan's request, in verse 31. Simon, Simon, behold. So Simon, Simon, pay attention. Satan hath desired to have you. And if you look in your Bible, you'll probably see that a couple words are in italics. Those words are to have. So we could literally read this passage to say, Satan hath desired you. The words hath desired are translated from one Greek word, which again, I'm not going to try to pronounce, but it means to ask for, to plead for. It's a request. So we can interpret this verse to say, Peter, Peter, pay attention. The Lord has requested, or Satan, I'm sorry, Satan hath requested for you. That's really what the passage is saying there. Satan has come to the Lord and asked the Lord to have Peter. And the reason that, that Satan wants Peter, we see, is that he may sift you as wheat. Now, we don't really know much about sifting wheat, probably in our culture. I had a pretty good idea of what sifting wheat was. But I went to YouTube, good old YouTube, education, greatest educational website there is, to learn what sifting wheat is all about. And what you'll see is, is wheat is attached to chaff, is attached to, um, help me, chaff. Thank you, that's the word I'm thinking for. And you need to remove the wheat from the chaff before you can do anything with the wheat, before you can cook with it or anything like that. So what they would do in that time is they would put wheat in a strainer and they would toss it and shake it and sift it to try to get all of the chaff to fall out where all you have left is wheat. And they would do this many ways. Other ways, they would just put it in a bag and they would just stomp on it. They'd just kick it and beat it to try to separate the wheat from the chaff. Sometimes you can, and I encourage you, it'll help you as you read this passage to remember, look it up on YouTube. Another thing that they might do is they might take a rod and just beat the chaff, just beat the wheat. It's not a very pleasing thing to think about, Satan desiring to do that to you and I. Lord tells Peter, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you, that he may toss you about. Satan wants to, sh- to toss us about. Satan wants to shake us, to rattle us. He wants us, he wants to shake us to the point where we don't have any strength left. 
He wants to rattle us to the point where we're just devoured, where he has he can consume us. He's completely destroyed us. But I want you to think about this. The purpose for sifting is to what? It's to set the bad stuff apart from the good stuff. The purpose of sifting is so that you will have pure wheat. That's the point of sifting. And certainly, that wasn't Satan's desire. Satan just wanted to toss and beat and shake and destroy Peter. And the first thing you know, that stands out to me from this, that we can learn from this, is that Satan had to come to the Lord to ask the Lord for permission to sift Peter. Sometimes we think that Satan is just this all-powerful being, that he's walking about seeking whom he devour, just on his own whims and his own will. He's out of control. We look at the world, we see how disgusting and filthy the world is. And we think, well, Satan, Satan's just, he's, he's just taken over. And it seems like Satan has just taken control. And the Bible does tell us that he is the God of this world. But you know what? The Lord allows Satan to be the God of this world for the time being. Satan doesn't have any power in and of himself that God does not grant him to have. The Lord has him as a person would have a dog on a leash. He can let him go when he wants to, but he can also rein him in when he wants to. And we have an example of this. We can see this very clearly in the book of Job. Turn to Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1, we'll start reading verse 6. It says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Now, I've often just gone through this passage, grazed over that. But what we see here is that angels are coming to present themselves to the Lord, and Satan is also among them. Look at that, look at it again. The sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. There's a time where the angels apparently, and apparently Satan also, has to come before the Lord to present themselves. And I believe it's to give an account for what they're doing, for what their actions are. Maybe the angels to take orders. But we also see Satan here comes to the Lord and presents himself before the Lord. I believe it's because he has to. I think Satan has to come before the Lord and to present himself. Continue reading. And the Lord said to Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From growing to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down it. And the Lord said to Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man? one that feareth God and escheweth evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? 
hast not thou made a hedge about him, and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. So Satan here is telling the Lord, yeah, I've, I've considered Job, but you, you have your hand over him. You're protecting him. You're protecting his family. You're protecting his wealth. You're protecting everything that he has. I can't get to him because you're protecting him. That's essentially, that's what Satan is telling the Lord here. Satan cannot just come after whoever he desires to come after. The Lord is in control. The Lord right now is ruling and reigning in the heavens, the Bible tells us. And we can forget that because we see all the circumstances and the, the, you know, the difficult things that we go through in life and we're, we wonder, where is God? But the fact of the matter is God is still in control. God is still ruling. He's not lost control. He's not lost control of Satan right now. He's not lost control of, of this world, of our government. You think he can't control our government? You think he cannot control Joe Biden? I, it makes me sick seeing the stuff that's going on in Afghanistan right now. The so-called drone strike that was supposed to kill ISIS-K members, it didn't kill a single ISIS-K member. It killed a bunch of innocent children. Killed seven kids, three adults. That makes me angry. But the fact of the matter is, God is still in control. And he cannot lay a finger on one of his sh- the Lord's sheep without the Lord saying, okay. Something else that stands out to me in this passage is what the Lord doesn't say. <laughs> Look again back at our text. I would expect after... After this, you know, the Lord's talking to Peter, saying, Peter, Peter, Satan hath asked for you that he may sift you. And, you know, I would somewhat, I'd like to, to read next, the Lord say, but I'm not going to let him do it. I'm going to protect you, Peter, and I'm not going to let Satan come after you. That's, that's sort of what I would hope to read. But we don't find that. You don't find that in this passage. As I studied this and many other passages, the question kept coming back to me. Is why doesn't the Lord just stop Satan? Why why didn't he just tell Satan, no, you can't have Peter, Peter's mine. Go away. He didn't do that. The Lord didn't do that. Now, in the Garden of Eden, where the serpent spoke to Eve and said, Has God said, why why didn't God just get rid of that serpent? Just get rid of him. Why did God allow Satan to tempt Eve? Why did God allow Satan to provoke David to, to number the children of Israel? Why did he do it? We see how many people died, how many people suffered from it. David's own suffering from it. Why didn't God just say, no, you can't have David. I'm not going to let you do that. Eve was God's little lamb. David was God's lamb. Peter, in this passage, 
as God's lamb. Furthermore, back at our in uh, Job chapter one, you know why God God not only took about his protection, but he he put a target on Job. He told Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? He's faithful, that he loves me, that he's doing everything that he's supposed to do. And, and Job was a righteous and perfect, upright man. He was walking close to the shepherd. He, it wasn't like he was just want, you know, wandering away from God, where he was prone to just, just fall into, into terrible temptation. He was walking with the Lord. He was doing what he was supposed to do. In fact, in verse 5, it tells us that he was so vigilant, he was so sober, like 1 Peter 5, 8 tells us to be because we have an adversary. The Bible says to be sober, be vigilant, because the adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Job was being sober and vigilant to the point to where he said that, you know, it may be that my children have sinned, and he went and made sacrifices for his children. He didn't even necessarily know that his children had sinned. He said, it may be. He was cautious. He was careful. And he was abiding close to the Lord. But the Lord put a target on Job. said, have you considered Job? Why? The question that we could ask is why? Why would the Lord do that? Why did God allow Peter to be sifted? We know that, that he would deny the Lord soon after this passage, that he would, because of a little young lady that he feared, might tell the authorities or something, because he feared his life. He said, I don't, I don't know the Lord. He watched his Savior get spit upon, beaten, mocked, and he forsook him, left Jesus to go and die, didn't stand up and, and, and say, yeah, I know Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm a follower of his. That's what Peter should have done. But he didn't do that. What happened? Well, Peter, he became so depressed that he forsook the ministry, went back to fishing. Satan got a hold of Peter and shook Peter, beat Peter, sifted Peter to the point where Peter said, I quit. I can't take this anymore. I can't take this anymore. Is that not true? So why did God allow Peter to be sifted? Remember, what did I say sifting was? It's the process of separating the wheat from the chaff, the good from the bad. Satan's purpose for sifting was to destroy. He, didn't want, he wanted to shift all that was good out of Peter. He didn't want there to be any good left. But, you know, the Lord allowed it for, for what? That he might be sifted to be just wheat. He wanted Peter to be pure. He wanted Peter to be sanctified. That's what the word sanctified means. It means set apart. And God had a purpose 
for allowing Peter to be sifted. Just as God had a purpose for allowing Job to be sifted. Why did God put a target on Job? Because God is God for one. But for two, he wanted Job to be closer to him. He wanted Job to learn a couple things. Because Job, while it says he was perfect, he was blameless, he still had some growing to do. He would eventually come and question God and say, why is God allowing all these things to happen to me? I don't understand, Lord. Just let me die. Just let me die. I don't want to serve you anymore. I just, I just want to just to rest. I'm tired. But you know what happened at the end of Job's life? He was close to the Lord. He said, he said I repent in dust and ashes. And the Lord blessed him above and beyond that which he had before. And you know what? Job was cleaner. He was more pure. Chaff had been shaken from him. And he was more pure than what he was before the sifting. Peter was, would be much more pure after the Lord allowed Satan to sift him for a while. Now, who wrote, think about this, who wrote, this is, it's, it's a dumb question, you know the answer to the question is, is really in the, the answer to the question is in the question, who wrote 1 Peter 5.8? Peter did. Peter wrote it. And you know what, turn to 1 Peter 5.8, I want you to see something. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish strengthen, settle you. After you have suffered a while, after you fought Satan who's coming after you like a roaring lion, sinking his teeth into you, shaking you about, trying to sift you about, after that, after you've suffered for a while, I pray the Lord establish you. I pray the Lord strengthen you. And that is why God allows his children to be sifted. Is because God wants more of you. He wants you to be more pure. He wants you to be more useful. God wants warriors in his army. He doesn't want weaklings. He doesn't want people that when the going gets tough, when things get hard, that they just say, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. I'm done. Peter did that for a while. And you know, I, we could probably examine our lives where there may be times where we've just said, I can't do it anymore. We've cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, I can't, why is this happening to me? I can't do this anymore. And you know what? The Lord gives more grace. The Lord teaches you, you can't, but I can. Keep moving forward. The Lord wants strong soldiers 
The Lord wants us to be sanctified. He wants us to be pure wheat. James 1, 2-4 says, <clears throat> actually, let's just turn there. Hebrews, James. This passage makes it so clear why God allows Satan at times to come after us. It tells us, My brethren, in verse 2, chapter 1 of James, verses 2 and 3 and 4, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. So when Satan comes for you, and that, that idea of fall into divers' temptations is the idea that temptations circle you about. You're surrounded by temptation. And it seems like there's no hope for you. Count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith, Lord's trying your faith, that's why you're being sifted. The Lord is trying your faith. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Why does the Lord allow it? Because He wants us to be more perfect. He wants us to be strengthened. He wants us to be useful. Psalm 119, verse 67, says, Before I was afflicted, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I have kept thy word. And I'm 25, and I've not gone through some trials, probably like some of you have that have been saved for much longer than I have been. But what trials I have gone through, there's been times where I've said, Lord, I just can't do this anymore. What's going on? But you know what? I got through it. And you know what? I'm thankful for those times. Because you know what the Lord taught me? He taught me that His strength is made perfect in my weakness. And God wants to teach you that. If you're being sifted this morning, God wants to teach you something. Don't quit. Don't allow Satan just to beat and sift you to where there's no faith left. Don't let it happen. Look to the Lord for strength. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I have kept thy word. I've kept it now. I went astray before, but now I've kept it. We see also what the Lord did say. We've seen what he didn't say. He didn't say, I'm not going to let Satan do it. But what he did say was this. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And I thought about that. We have that prayer recorded for us. Turn to John chapter 17. right before this interaction happened. And what is the context of what is going on right now is that the disciples have been talking about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. 
And Peter is so full of self-confidence, saying, I'm never going to deny the Lord. And, he, and he's been arguing. He'd argue with the Lord, saying, Lord, you, you can't go and die. You can't go and suffer. Far be it from you, Lord. John 17, verse 9 through 11, the Lord prayed, I pray for them, talking to his Father. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I came to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me that they may be one as we are one. Jesus prayed to his Father, Lord, the disciples that you've given me, Peter, and go down the list of the twelve, do you have them all memorized? Keep them, Lord. Protect them. And the Lord told Peter, I've prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. Peter would be sifted. But you know what was left after the sifting was over? He had stronger faith. His faith didn't fail. The Lord answered Jesus. God answered Jesus' prayer. And God always answers Jesus' prayer. But you know what? This passage, Jesus didn't only just pray for Peter. Look in verse 20 of John 17. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That's you and me. That's you and I. Jesus has prayed for you that your faith would not fail. And though... There may be a time when the Lord takes his hand away and says, okay, Satan, you can have them. You can have them. You can try to sift them for a while. And the Lord may allow that to happen. But you know what? If you're truly God's child, the Lord's not going to allow Satan to devour you. He's not going to let it happen. You say, how do you know that? Because God keeps his sheep. Because Jesus prayed, Father, keep them. Those whom thou gavest to me, keep them. The Lord's not going to lose any of his sheep to Satan. They may get chewed on a bit. They may get sifted. But the Lord will lose none of his sheep. You know, Romans 8, 26-27 says, Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. God, Jesus, or Jesus Christ, is still interceding for you and I today. He prayed for us then, and you know what? He still prays for us now through the Holy Spirit. He still intercedes on our behalf. We can come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You 
and Jesus will lose none of his sheep to the wiles of the devil. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is what? Common to man. You may say, I am the only one that's gone through this. I'm, nobody else understands what I'm going through. I, you may say, I can't take this anymore. The Lord says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. There may be a time where Satan comes after you, but you know what? The Lord will give you the strength to fight him off. The Lord will give you the strength to not be devoured if you're truly one of his children, if you're truly one of his sheep. Trust in Him. Romans 12.3 says, For consider Him that endured such contradiction of sinners against Himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. You know, if you're not being sifted today, there's going to come a time in your life, if you're God's child, you're going to be sifted one point or another. There's going to come a time in your life where God's going to say, okay, and let you be sifted, let you be tried. It happens to all of God's children because God wants strong, strong Christians. But when that time comes, the question is, is what are you going to do? Are you going to be found to actually be wheat or are you just going to be chaff? Now, if you're not God's child, you don't stand a chance against the wiles of the devil. Again, Hebrews 12, 13 says, Consider him who endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. In other words, you're not dead yet. That, that's really what that's saying there. Is that you're not dead yet, so keep moving forward. Keep trusting in the Lord. The Lord's not going to allow you to be devoured. Keep moving forward. Trust in the Lord. And consider Jesus Christ who suffered far more than whatever temptation you may be going through. And we may face some terrible trials in this life. We may lose our child. The Lord may take me away from Amber and send me home. I don't know what life befalls us. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. But I do know this, and I've instructed my wife. Keep moving forward. When the going gets tough, keep moving forward. God's there to help you. He won't let you be devoured. So we see the Lord's prayer. Lord had said, I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. But he also has this command to Peter. The Lord knew that Peter was one of his sheep. He knew that he wasn't going to be sifted out. He knew that there would still be wheat left over. Lord said, Lord told Peter, when thou art converted, that word converted means to turn to again. Peter would fail. 
And when trials come, there's going to be times where we fail. It's just going to happen. Job was a perfect and upright man, but you know what he did? He failed in certain areas. He failed. And there's going to be times where we fail because we're human. Because there's something... That, that's why we're being sifted is because we, God wants to purify us. We're sinners. That's who we are. We sin. And we're going to fail. But the question is, is, are you going to keep moving forward? Are you going to be converted? Are you going to turn again to the Lord and say, Lord, I, I failed, but I'm going to keep moving forward trusting you? The command to Peter is, Peter, keep moving forward. You know what Peter did for a while? He quit. He left the ministry. And Satan, what greater joy would Satan have than to have Peter, who is the pastor, would be the pastor of the Lord's church, the leader among the bunch. What greater joy would Satan have than to take out the pastor of the Lord's church? And if you're in authority, fathers, husbands, Satan wants you. He wants to devour you. But you know what? If you're God's child, you can bear temptations. You can bear the sifting. And, and Peter, though he quit, though he left for a while, the Lord knew he's one of my sheep. He's going to return to me. Peter, when you return, when thou art converted, there's another command. Strengthen the brethren, the church. In other words, do the work I've called you to do, Peter. Keep going forward. Do what I've commanded you to do. Don't quit. Go strengthen the brethren. Feed the flock which God has given you. The question that faces us this morning is when we are sifted, will there be any wheat left? If you're God's child, there will be. Are you genuine wheat? Or are you just chaff? 1 Corinthians 13.5 says, Examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith, Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. Examine yourself. Look at the situation that you're in right now. Examine yourself. Prove your own selves. When temptations and trials come, your, your faith is being tested. Your faith is being tried. Are you in the faith? Do you have genuine faith? Are you really one of the Lord's sheep? Or are you like Judas, who is found just to be chaff? You know, of the 12 disciples, God's Word tells us that they all forsook Him. It wasn't just Peter. Peter's directly talked to here because I believe he's, he was to be the pastor. The Lord dealt with Peter in very specific ways. But the fact of the matter is, is all of the twelve forsook Jesus. They all did. But you know what? They all came back except for one. That was Judas. 
Judas looked like he was real wheat. He was among the twelve. But when trials came, he was found just to be chaff. So I ask you this morning, are you genuine wheat? Or are you just chaff? Will you allow Satan to shake you out? And I'm out of time, but we see Peter's very sad response. Peter's response is found in verse 33 and 34. And he said, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. He, Peter, in self-confidence said, Lord, I can bear it. And if you're this, here this morning hearing this message, say, you know what, I, can, I, I will bear the sifting. I can do it. I have a warning for you. 1 Corinthians 10.12 says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. Peter thought, I have this. I can do this. I can stand. But the fact of the matter is his confidence was in himself. It wasn't in the Lord. And the Lord told, told him, he said, Peter, the cock's not going to crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny me. Peter said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to deny you not one time. He, Jesus like, you're going to do it three times. You're going to deny me thrice. And in fact, in Mark, it tells us that really the, Peter was arguing with the Lord here. That's the wrong response to have to this message. We need the Lord's help. We need to pray, Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. We need to pray that. And when the Lord does remove his hand, we need to look to the Lord for help. We need to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. If we have the armor of God on, Satan may chew on us for a bit. He's not going to devour us. It's not going to happen. The question to you this morning is, are you genuine wheat? Or are you just chaff?